We are super proud to announce that Stay Plugged In is now sponsored by HyperX for our online events for the month of August. Prizes will include a Cloud Stinger wireless headset and a Cloud Stinger wired headset for our Turbo Tuesday tournaments for the first and second winning teams. And then for our Valorant tournaments, which are every other week on Thursdays and Fridays, that will be the Alloy Origins Core Mechanical Gaming Keyboard, HX Red, and the Pulsefire FPS gaming mouse which the keyboard is for first place and the mouse is for second place hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of spincast today we have stephanie lott from arkansas state she's joining us to talk about the wonderful topic of collegiate esports so without further ado stephanie go ahead introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself where your passions started in esports and how that took you to your current role at Arkansas State. Sure. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I super appreciate it. I am the current Title IX and Institutional Equity Coordinator at Arkansas State. Um, and then I'm also the volunteer head coach and director of our eSports program. I have worked at Arkansas State, it'll be five years in September. And I came here right out of grad school uh, to, to work here in, in student conduct is actually kind of where I started. So um, I've been playing video games, though, since I was probably five, six years old. I think the first game I ever played was, was Duck Hunter. Remember that? Yeah. The, the yeah. shotgun, yeah. Um, I think that's the first game I ever played. And, and so I've just been playing video games of all different varieties ever since. And there are a lot of students that have obviously been playing video games at Arkansas State for a long time before we had a program. They wanted to start an esports program, and our chancellor, thankfully, was um, extremely supportive and on board. And he brought me in and said, listen, I heard you play video games. Um, he actually, we talked about this in the first podcast, but mm -hmm. he texted me and said, hey, do you know anything about esports? And I was playing a game at the time. And so it was like a Saturday and yeah. I paused it to respond to him and the conversation just kind of went from there. And um, now we've built something really, really phenomenal. And so um, I'm happy to be here talking to you about it. Yeah, for sure. I love to see the very quickly growing scene of collegiate esports because it's all over the place, depending on what kind of university you are. Um, like, you know, the D1s, in my opinion, are like really lacking just because the smaller red tape involved, but then the smaller schools are really taking off. So it's incredible, you know, I'm excited to see the future of it. So speak to some of those specifics about your esports program. So what games do you guys compete in? How many teams do you have? So we have a fairly unique setup for, I think, compared to a lot of schools in just the fact that we are a D1 athletics program at our institution, but our esports program does not fall underneath athletics. We are actually a club sport program. We are a club to varsity esports path. And one of the unique things that has set us apart from other folks is that if you talk to high level esports competitors in the collegiate scene, and you ask them what their number one hurdle is, they'll tell you it's getting good quality scrims or good competition from club sports um, mm -hmm. or that they play in TESPA or other things. And, and when they're doing those tournaments, they're matched up against club teams who maybe don't show up, right? Um, maybe those students are not on scholarship. Maybe they don't have the same drive. Maybe they're student-led programs that don't have a faculty or staff member that supervises them, something like that, right? Um, and that's not all of them. That's just like a few, a few comments, right? But for us, one of the ways we set ourselves apart is we are a club sport program who does have a staff advisor, but it is a student-led, student-driven program at the same time. And they have provided high-level competition across all of our games. So mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the things that has quickly set us apart and gotten us to the point where people are starting to now go, oh, Arkansas State is a really great esports program. Um, so with that, when we launched, we started with Fortnite, Overwatch, 
League of Legends, Apex Legends, and Rocket League. And then we had a couple couple gamers that dabbled in like 2K and FIFA. Um, we're going to continue those this next year in the fall, but we're also open to CSGO, Rainbow Six, Valorant, obviously they lost their free to play. So we'll see what that, you know, what that looks like. Um, I am very much of the opinion that I have to go where the interest is for our teams. It would be super easy to say, yeah, we're going to have these, you know, four or five esport titles every year. You can't really predict that because you have to have students that fill those rosters. And then not only that, but I could have 50 people that want to try out for Apex. Mm-hmm. But I know the competitive level that it takes at Collegiate to compete in the College Apex Weekly Series and things like that. And if, if none of those 50 people, if I can't get a combination of three that could compete at that level, it's not in our best interest to field a team at that time because I might have two different Rocket League teams that could compete that I need to mm-hmm. focus time on. And so it's just really about determining where you want to put your your time and energy because you only have so much of it. Exactly, yeah. And I think... Yeah that kind of mantra right there is hopefully quickly changing and it is in some places where esports is commonly seen as like a sport rather than like a genre of athletics right like the sports themselves are apex cs siege bracket league right those are their own sports themselves and then having more dedicated coaches and times help have all those teams um so i think kind of changing that definition hopefully in the future collegiate sports can help all kids play in all levels because like you said you do have to pick and choose yeah. right now just because there's only one of you and then some students which i'm sure the students try super hard but the same that they're students too they have a lot of other responsibilities um so a lot of hopefully a lot of room to grow whole scene. exactly but yeah. exciting exciting where everything is right now especially with all the games that you guys are competing in so take me some of those through like a day in the life of a, the student athletes that play in esports. How much do they practice? What does the practice yeah. look like? What do you focus on with them? So it really depends, uh, you know, what esport title we're talking about. But if you're, you know, I'll just take League of Legends, um, right? So those those five players, and then we have two subs for that. Um, those those five players, they are committing to three to four practice times per week. Um, I ask them to do no less than three. And if they can do more, that's great. But um, they know, and this goes for any esport title that we have, my number one priority for them is that if you didn't go to class today, don't come in the HQ where we play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we set that standard first, right? So those three to four sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Um, they come in and they'll probably practice from, let's say, five to eight, five to nine. Um, league scrims are a little bit longer right just because the games are longer so those yeah so that sounds like a long time but for a lot of games it's they're not really playing that many games Mm -hmm. um but that's just practice time also outside of that they hold themselves to a pretty high standard they have a minimum number of games that they have to play individually each week that they expect their teammates to meet and so that's a standard that we that we implore here Um, the other part of that is they do vod review and so they'll come in here. We have a, a nice VOD review set up. So they'll come over here. They talk strategy. We put we have a whiteboard set up on the wall as well um, where they're able to congregate there and discuss different strategy. Um, like we have an invitational coming up Saturday. And so they're using that a lot right now. Um, they're not here, but they're, they're home doing those things. Um, but they're still making time to commit practice to that. So that would be like league, right? Um, you talk about Fortnite, we have a duo team. And so they come in and they play probably three to four times a week as well. And they're playing for about three to four hours each time. I would say that's probably the norm in an mm-hmm. evening for a team. Yeah. So when they come in and they play, they're also doing VOD review. I think VOD review is super important. Um, I personally try to play every single game that we 
have in our program. Mm -hmm. I think that I can't have a conversation with them or help them or anything that would be remotely assisting to them. If I don't play that game, mm -hmm. all I'm really doing is being a cheerleader and I don't want to be a cheerleader. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a gamer. Wanna so I want to play, I wanna play the game. Yeah. yeah. So I actually started playing Overwatch for the first time. Um, I'm a console gamer through and through. And so I started playing PC as well. And I play Overwatch on PC now. And through playing Overwatch, I've been able to have better conversations with them and to assist them really. And so there's a lot of ways that you can make up for only being one person at the same time. Mm -hmm. But it takes time and effort. And so that's me spending evenings here with them as well. So I, you know, it goes back to, I think if there's only one of you, um, one of the really good things that I heard from a friend of mine who does something very similar to what I do in terms of just being one person is I'm going to give you the same amount of effort that you're giving me. Mm -hmm. So if you show up three to four times a week, I'm going to be here with you. Exactly. But I would say that's generally um, a pretty good, pretty good standard three, four times a week, three to four hours each night. Um, and then they're also putting in individual time. So the same amount of time that you'd see traditional sports um, practicing, and, and they're playing as a team, right? Like when traditional athletes are not at team practice, very, very seldom do you see them individually doing things. Exactly. Outside of a weight room, right? Yeah. Which is still individual attention to your body. Mm -hmm. But here, they're also doing a ton of individual play and VOD review on themselves. And mm -hmm. so that's something that you can tell if they haven't done it very quickly. Yeah. Uh, because your teammates yeah. can tell that you're not progressing with them. Mm -hmm. So, in a lot of the same ways that you hold people accountable in traditional, or traditional sports, we're doing that in esports. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think it's even more important because there's so much more complexity in esports to me because, I mean, it is a virtual game. So, you can simulate so much more, right? There's no magic in the real world. But, you know, League of Legends, there's a magical component to it and a bunch of other things um, that just makes the game more complex. And like you said, you have to keep up to date on the strats. The yeah. that. And that kind of goes to my next question is like speak to the importance of that like holistic approach that you'll take that y'all are taking there um at arkansas state with bod review and individual play and teamwork and all those aspects that really build the team along with the support staff and the support infrastructure that you sound like you have with your hq so one of the first things that we talked about when we when we started the hq and when we started getting together and practicing was i said you know you're not on scholarship and so you're going to play teams that are, and that's great. That's fine. You're going to feel like, oh, maybe they're better than us. They're not until they beat you, right? Uh, but until that happens, they're not. Because the same passion that those, that those two gamers have when they have a scholarship they're playing for, these kids have it here. And they're not on scholarship, right? Mm -hmm. So passion, you know, scholarship only carries you so far in terms of incentive. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a great incentive to go play somewhere. But once you get there, the passion for the game is still going to be the same. Yep. whether or not you're on scholarship. And so I think that that's unique to esports that you don't really see that traditional sports. So that was the first thing was to get past that mental block for them of what sets us apart. The other piece there is, I said, if you really want to get to that level, you're going to have to put in time like those teams are doing. And so you can't really just be a lackadaisical club sport. You have to really be more and present yourself like a varsity team even though you're not yet. And so that was one of the first things we did is I set the pace for them and said, if you want to go that route, let's go that route. So we decided we wanted to. So that means that I hold them to higher standards and they hold themselves to higher standards. So we talk about that a lot. The other piece to that is we talk a lot about um, partnership. I bring in faculty advisors and different folks on our campus to talk about positive mental attitude in game 
in communication, recovering from losses. We bring in folks from NYIT and talk about the ergonomics and the health of esports. Mm-hmm. We talk about a lot of different things like that. Um, the other piece is we, we're also focusing a lot on what we can control and what we cannot control in and out of the game. So mm-hmm. we focus so much on attitude and approach that I think it really helps them focus on what they can bring to the table. Um, one of the things that I'm known for telling them, as I said, listen, you can beat any team out here. I don't care if they're D2 and you're D4 average, like on any given day, communication and teamwork can beat some of the best teams that have better individual skill. And Mm -hmm. so just talking through a lot of those things with them, I think is really important, but also it's one thing to sit there and say, like, I'm a D2 average, you know, um, league player, right? I'm a D2 league player and I play a ton individually and I do all these things X, Y, Z. It is a totally different thing to put them on a team with other people. Exactly. It, I think that people underestimate how hard it is to be on a team. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when we started this program, um, they did not actually get to sit and play together until October when we opened our space. Mm-hmm. They'd been playing together since August up until then. And then when they started playing in person in October, you notice an immediate change because you don't talk to your teammates the same way because you have mm-hmm. to look them in the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not just voices on discord. Um, you have to interact with them so you can get hyped together. You get pissed together, mm-hmm. right? You get disappointed together. You have a lot of different emotions, but they're the same emotions and interactions that you have in traditional sports. And so when you're able to bring that to the table in esports, and you can provide a space like that for them to play, you're going to get better gameplay out of your students. I mean, you just are. And I think we saw that for sure. Our Overwatch team is a prime example of that. They started playing together, like I said, in October in person. And in the TESPA Overwatch competitive series for varsity teams, there are over 500 teams across the nation that play in that. They broke top 10% between October and March when we stopped, right? That's insane. You know, just when you think about that, like they, they don't know each other. They never played together. Like some of the other players on league, they knew that there were other league players, Arkansas State. Overwatch players, they didn't know that other Overwatch players existed at Arkansas State. They didn't know each other. Yeah. So just coming in together and, and the what they were able to accomplish, I think was really good because it set a precedent for all the other teams. Exactly. Right? So if you can provide that space, if you can provide the right positive mental attitude and the right motivation for the teams, I think they're able to accomplish anything that they want to. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you touched on a number of absolutely fantastic points there. Um, I'd love to dive into more and I'll pick a few that we can dive into, but just touching on some of those, that teamwork and communication, I see it every day. Uh, when I, I used to play competitive Siege, mm-hmm. I saw friends that play competitive Siege and competitive other games and they say like, these teams that like are ex-pros, they just throw together five players, they're really good individuals, but then they get yep. into these tournaments and they just, they lose out second, third round. Because they have no synergy, they don't trust each other, they don't respect each other, not like bad respect, but like when you have that trust, you know they're covering your back, right? Or they're doing their job, whether that's using utility or using their abilities, whatever game, you trust them to do their part so you can focus on doing your part at 100%. When you don't have that trust, then it's 50-50, there's not 100% effort on your dedicated task, and then you you lose at the end of the day. Um, So love to see that in that physical presence because I think it just facilitates it so much faster. And you can see that in any other esport. Like, I'm a huge – I grew up playing Call of Duty. That was my main esport title, right? You can look at any Call of Duty roster that was really, really great, that have five really good – five now, four previous individually really great players, and they still didn't accomplish a whole lot. And it's because of the teamwork aspect, the communication yeah. aspect. But that's that's in any title. You can look at CSGO. You can look at Rocket League. You can look at Gears of War. You can look at a lot of different titles. 
and and it's the same across the board and that's the same in traditional sports yeah but you have to get more people on on the same page in traditional yeah. sports but i mean it's the same concept though like communication and teamwork will still outplace and, and beat really good individual players on any given day exactly yeah. Exactly. And that's just speaks to the game too, because two against one, you know, if you have that teamwork and you're on the same page and working off of each other, one person, you can't fight two people at one, no matter what, right? Whether it's yes yeah. and they're shooting at you or they're using abilities in League of Legends or anything, it's yep. very, very difficult to win um, when yep. you're facing great teamwork. So I just wanted to see that. There's another point you touched on with mental health, right? Yep. That's a massive point in esports, I think, for the entire scene is overlooked in a lot of different places, obviously not here. Um, but we need to develop more attention. So speak to the importance, give us a little more details about your perspective and approaches to developing that positive mental health um, for your players in your program. So we have, I'm very fortunate that um, a lot of folks here at Arkansas State wanted to partner with us and wanted to wanted to assist us. They didn't want anything in return. They just said, hey, I do this for a living and I also happen to be a gamer. Can mm -hmm. I help out? This is kind of cool. And I said, yeah, I would love for you to help out. So we've had some folks come in that talk about when you're in game and let's say that you are making a team push and it doesn't go your way, you could feel super dejected after that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you completely got rolled in a fight. You were supposed to roll them, right? And you're just like, oh man, okay, downhill from here, right? Things mm -hmm. spiral very quickly. I think, I think I'm talking about league a lot for some reason, but it's just what comes to my mind. But it's things spiral. Right yeah, now, so. <laughs> I mean, things spiral like super quickly in League of Legends. And, mm -hmm. and I think that in particular in that game, I think that those, those gamers that I have here in League, um, you know, my own team are very emotional players. They remind me of like a Clayster from Call of Duty kind of thing. But um, if you if you follow him, but um, they're just very emotional players, and I think that that is not atypical. And so you have to really counteract that with quickly. Uh, we say this a lot in esports, but a lot of folks, you know, if you're if you don't know what it means, but you have to quickly regain. <laughs> and so um, you have to hit that regain really quickly. And if you're not able to do that in esports, it spirals. Mm -hmm. very very fast and so we talk a lot about that we talk about things we can and cannot control um, we write a lot of things on our board that are motivational we don't play to win uh, we're playing like like all of our players when we talk about what we're doing I said we're not playing to win and and that's that's wrong you're playing not to lose you have to play to win mm -hmm. and so we talk a lot about that we talk a lot about what you can and cannot control when and out of game if something doesn't go your way i said one of the things we can always control is how much we're talking so if you're silent i don't know why exactly. right just picking out little things like that um i'll sit here sometimes and listen in the practice and i'll write things on the board about all their comms and i'm like i don't know why you said this this was you know we'll do pluses and minuses next to all their comms mm -hmm. and we individually go through just every one of them and that helps them mentally as well because some players can look at a scoreboard and they get super attached to statistics and that drives your mental either in a positive or a negative way and i don't want it to do either one because mm -hmm. stats at the end of the day mean very little to a lot of these sports yeah. and so we talk a lot about that not letting statistics drive your mental lots of different things but we just go through some of those as a team and i'm very fortunate that i've had a couple players this year who graduated that are coming back for grad school and they don't have time to commit to being a player but they have a lot of time that they can commit to a coach role and exactly. so i'm going to have some assistance there so that's really great right mm -hmm. um and that is based on their positive takeaways from their experience here and wanting to give that back to other younger players so it just kind of trickle down effect in a lot of different ways yeah absolutely love to see it taking that really holistic approach and not leaving any stone unturned because 
like you said, you, you're going to inspire others to come back or yeah. go somewhere else and start their own part, right? Which is beautiful, right? I think we yeah. both will agree that like, we want esports to be everywhere in that major mainstream fashion. And if that means yeah. that we set them up here and then they go somewhere else, that's fine. Like go yeah. do your corner, make your corner of the world better. Absolutely love to see it. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, but I will yeah. ask one more question. Yeah, sure. To wrap up. Looking towards the future, what are some things specifically for collegiate esports that you hope to see come to fruition or change a little bit for the betterment of the scene in general in the next, let's say, two years or so? Um, I would love to see a lot of the bigger organizations and I think that I think that Midwest Esports just rebranded into the Unified Collegiate Esports Association mm -hmm. and so I think I would like to see a lot of different entities follow their lead where mm -hmm. you are not paying these astronomical entry fees as a startup club sport program or oh. startup esports program to just get basic knowledge about how to be successful um, I think that there's so much to be said for if you're good at something don't you know don't do it for free I get that mm -hmm. um, I also think that there's there's a lot of esports programs that cannot afford to get that knowledge on their own. And so I just think making it more accessible to a lot of folks is going to help grow our scene um, at, the, at the base level. And so if a lot of companies would follow that, I think that would help start up esports programs at colleges and it'd be more successful especially now financially just a lot of colleges are not in a good place to do it but we we're in, in the middle of an esports boom collegiately mm -hmm. and so you have to be able to meet what they need and what they need is a lower price point yeah. um and so, you know, fortunately, we were able to do some of the things that we've done and that helped us. But I'm thinking about a lot of other universities that I know that have tremendously talented students and staff that would help. The, the money's just not there, right? Exactly. So I think that would help. The other piece there is I would love if other folks would take a more holistic approach like what you and I have been talking about. Mm -hmm. One of the things we do here is we bring students in to help us with YouTube with Twitch moderation, with sports, you know, casting, with, with lots of different things, graphic design. There's so many different ways that you can pull students in to esports that do a lot of other things like marketing, right? Like social media, mm -hmm. like recruiting. There's, there's so many different avenues you can utilize your students beyond just being a player. And so if you're able to do that, I think programs should continue to do that because it grows your base and you never know if that's a feeder pool for your players or if it's just a feeder for your program and really giving back to other students the more students you can give back to in your program the bigger your fan base is going to be as well exactly so, just yeah. i think those are probably the top two for me that i think would be most significant to collegiate sports yeah couldn't agree more i um couldn't agree more on those couple of points right there with the money the financial i know there's some massive barriers yeah. and, you know even convincing administration to support that is difficult at any level yep. when it's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, it becomes quickly like, yeah, let's just stick with the club. They don't have the resources. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that does change and it is starting. I think in some places, hopefully it really starts to snowball. So we can see what we love really come to that whole, like that total um, fashion there. You know, you the point with esports and whole, whole the holistic fashion totally agrees that to me playing is only what like 15 to 20 percent if that everything that else yeah, goes into sure. the support staff and the production and the marketing and all the business sides of it like that's that that is esports right the playing is yeah. obviously drives all of that but you have to have everything else for it's the, for the best for everybody for the best for the players the fans the watchers the workers all of it so absolutely love to hear it, love to hear it. unfortunately that is all the time we have for this podcast today. Absolutely great topics today, Stephanie. Um, hope to see you on again when we start some of these longer um, podcasts as well. Um, 
go ahead real quick. Tell us where we can find you in Arkansas State if any of our viewers have any questions. Sure. So if you will follow us on Twitter at A State Esports, uh, we are also on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Arkansas State. If you will just DM us on Twitter, that's me. I help run mm -hmm. that Twitter account. And so send me a message and you can see our tweet. We have a pinned tweet to the top with our link tree information with all of our Discord, YouTube, all that's good stuff where you can contact us directly. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. And I always say that never feel, never hesitate to reach out to anybody that's yeah, yeah. watching because we yeah. all love to talk esports. I mean, we just talked for 30 minutes about esports, so we could talk for three more hours probably. Um, so never hesitate. Everyone out there in the current pandemic, make sure you're staying healthy and happy. Take care of yourself and your loved ones. And ultimately, stay plugged in. Mm -hmm.